0: what's up everyone welcome into the flex fantasy network dylan here with my co-host cameron and ian dude one week of football is in the books guys how you feeling
1: man <laughs> i'm so excited like i kept thinking like while i was watching these games that we do all of this research we spend so much time looking at numbers and all of this stuff and then to actually watch the game played is like such a relief! Like so you, you get to see all this stuff play out.
2: You just get hit with so much dopamine at the same time. Like sometimes <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in one of those stri- those five gum commercials where the guys just press back and <laughs> yeah. the seat was, with their cheeks just yeah. like yeah. that's really, what I feel like. That's
0: really how it is when I've got my 16 tabs up, watching each and every game, flipping through it. Like <laughs> fantasy, it's uh, just overload, and then you're like, there's so many things you realize you were wrong about.
1: No, like no, right
0: about two, but man, a lot of things we were wrong about, at least through one week. I, I'm not gonna go crazy tilting here, but I will say with our darlings, our nine darlings, oh,
1: man, basically
0: we, we absolutely made week. major whiffs with seven of them, and then two of them were okay this week.
1: Yeah, like the ceiling for all of our like darling plays in week one was just like an okay guy like like a guy that didn't absolutely tank your team
0: yeah like a wide receiver <laughs> running back three or four yeah guy. everyone yeah. else was like running back seven if or-
1: you drafted
2: all nine of our darlings you probably scored like <laughs> 35 fantasy points we
1: it was brutal but you
0: gotta dude you gotta have faith like you gotta be a uh you have to adjust your expectations for fantasy so when you start seeing information you have to like take it process it and use it to make up make new decisions but also you don't want to like completely tilt off of one guy because of a down week especially like a wide receiver because there's so much variance when it comes to football most wide receivers are going to have like three to four awful weeks in any given season and sometimes it happens week one week one is not like a definitive you know look at what's going to happen the rest of the season but you start getting some indications and i think there's certain things you want to see like if the guy's out there and playing that's always a good thing. Um, but so today Tony. Yeah, we'll look at for that. So <laughs> today we're just doing our takeaways and we're gonna run through a big list of stuff, try to cover everything important, some anything that's important to our show. But make sure to like and subscribe. And, you know, let us know what you guys think are your takeaways. You can get us on Spotify and Apple Podcast now. I'll have the link in the description there. If you'd rather go there than YouTube. But man, the first takeaway I wrote down here. And we can just kind of run through these in no particular order, but the new England backfield is a mess. That's all I wrote. But we found out today, Ty Montgomery is going on IR. And, you know, I know you guys were less enthused about Stevenson, but I was hyping him up a little bit. I was getting on the Stevenson hype train, only 25% of snaps and two targets. And then Damian Harris, 39% of the snaps Montgomery, 37% of the snaps four targets. So, It was more of the same, a three-back committee with a clear third down back. But now Montgomery is actually on IR. So, you know, we thought he would be hurt going into the season. He wasn't, but he is now. And I don't know if it means anything because they might just find someone else to take the place there. But I don't know. I'm not totally out on Stevenson because I still think the offense will get better. He could score touchdowns and see some targets. But through one week, it seems like a backfield you just want to stay away from.
1: Yeah, this is one of those things, man. Like year in, year out, somehow or another, a New England running back gets hyped. I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but every single <laughs> year, it seems like there's a guy. Like, oh my God, he's going to be the three down guy. And it's like, how does this keep wow. happening? It's been, it's been, it's been twenty years. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't year think he after would be year a three down, down year guy. Year though. Backfield. I, didn't, I
0: didn't think he'd actually be a three down guy. There's been good running backs to come out of New England, though.
1: for sure for sure like james White has had a couple seasons or whatever like if you can score 20 touchdowns 18 touchdowns or whatever that you can do it but like it seems like there it seems like if i'm if i'm thinking back it's like at least every other year there's a guy that gets hyped like it's like this mythical like white whale and even now that uh ty montgomery uh is going down i i i mean i just think that they'll activate uh like Pierre Strong or bring Kevin Harris up off the practice mm-hmm. squad or something like they're going to find a way for this to be, uh to uh, like, continue to be a, a three way three way like mess.
0: We'll see. I actually think with Montgomery out, that Stevenson might take some of those third down. No,
2: no, we're not letting this happen. But, no, you know, the, I'm the,
0: putting my
1: foot put
2: down. I'm
0: putting I'm my not, foot down. Not start to any of them and, at this and point so, in time. Though. And
1: so, like, here's the thing. Even so, even with Stevenson, like. Why wouldn't you think that it would be Harris? Cause Harris out-targeted him in week one and Harris ran twice the amount of routes. Harris was more of a passing game back than Stevenson was. Like in terms of passing game work, Stevenson was the third in the pecking order. It was, it was, uh, yeah, Montgomery, those Harris advice. Stevenson. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Stevenson looks better too. Like when I, when I, when I watched him do things on the field, I think that he, that he looks better as well, but like, there's something in the water in New England <laughs> Like Bill Belichick does not want to have. He wants to have it spread out.
0: Well, the reason I say that is just the history, the college history, the last year, Stevenson getting targeted at a higher rate, him right. getting third down looks in preseason this year. That actually happened. He was getting most of them. So right, I don't know right. what happened. It switched week one. Bill went back to his old ways. Uh, I'm not super bullish on him at this point. I don't think you start him, but Stevenson's yeah, not yeah. someone I'm cutting necessarily no, no.
2: It it, the, it also, it's it's also worth mentioning that the offense did genuinely look the awful the offense was
0: awful
1: yeah yeah mac with, Jones Mac Jones looked worse than he did with, at um, most points last year
0: with mac Jones injury they might start they might actually be forced to dump it off a little more too uh too so the running backs could start getting targeted whoever it will be it is it's freaking tough to decipher the New England backfield you know they're could be points to be had from it, but it's it's always a headache, man. I I understand that for sure.
1: Yeah, basically for fantasy, this is a team of low end flexes. Like at at like mm-hmm. the very best, like mm-hmm. Myers Myers. You can you can flex. I think week in week out. I think Harris Harris, Harris yeah. I think you can flex, and every, everyone else. Yeah, I'm just like not interested whatsoever. Right, yeah. Ste- like Stevenson. Yeah, like. I'll hold him maybe for one more week, see what shakes out. But if if he's if he's once again, like if he doesn't take advantage of this opportunity, uh, he's going to be a cut candidate. At least two. one or two more weeks,
0: I th- for me at least. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, the next takeaway, and this goes into something Cameron wrote down as well, but the Cowboys are a dumpster fire team right now. They came out and laid a major egg week one against the Bucks. I, they looked awful. Even before Dak's injury, he was just missing passes. The wide receivers were dropping other passes. He threw to them, just terrible. And now he's out for at least four weeks with the hand injury. He's getting surgery, so I think he's going to miss more time. Even though Jerry Jones says the opposite, and I know um, Cameron's got a take on <laughs> CeeDee Lamb right now. C. What are you saying? Basically, he's done for you. He's dead to you.
1: So yeah. So like, are we just so are we just going to go down the sheet in order, or can we like? Well, wow, this one ties here. into what
0: I had. So let's just Okay.
1: Explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is this is like a dynasty take uh for redraft purposes, you're obviously going to hold and start CD Lamb, but it's not it's not going to be good. Like there were there were some there were some takes out there that he could be wide receiver 1 that he was had like 180 target upside and even mm-hmm. and even me someone who who was low on C.D. Lamb all throughout the offseason, who on several of our shows throughout the offseason talked about how his dynasty price was out of control. You needed to sell him. He was a priority sell. Went through all the stats over and over and over again ad nauseum. Even I, for redraft later on, was sort of rising on C.D. Lamb because the projection looked so nice. Uh, but he was horrid. Like the entire the, entire, the entire offense was bad. The guy was not an outside receiver with Michael Gallup out. Like with Jalen Tolbert, a healthy scratch, he was a he was a slot receiver. Like he 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 had a sixty-three percent slot rate. That's one of the things that I said about him is that the guy's not an X. The guy's not a Z. He oh. doesn't he doesn't do wide receiver one on a team things. He he is a slot receiver plus. It seems like that's how that's how uh, like they were going to use him. He had ten targets. He caught uh, two of them, I believe. Um,
0: he had eleven targets, two catches for twenty-nine yards.
1: Yeah, That's bad man. Well, I mean, well, I mean like. And you know, like they were trying to get him involved. Like he was number one in the NFL in unrealized air yards through uh, through week one. So it was it was it was sort of a case of the, just just the entire offense stinking. But like this is more of a dynasty thing, like a long you know, like a long term take. What C- what CD Lamb going into this year was the dynasty wide receiver three, and it was a it was based on nothing. Like if you like if you looked at pretty much everyone else in the top ten at, at the position like they had everything that you wanted to see. They had, they had already done it, you know, target share, area yards, anything that you want to look at. Lamb had not. And uh, it's going to continue to be that way this year, because he's going to be without Dak for, for at least a month. So I'm just selling the guy. I think that, I think that, uh, you know, like I don't want to wait three years for my dynasty wide receiver three to start doing anything for me. Yeah, so, I, um,
0: I don't want I, to like penalize a guy for being a slot wide receiver because There are high volume slot guys in the NFL right now, but I know what you're saying about him now. Like, just not being there are
1: less points. There are less points out of the slot. He's Uh, not a true,
0: like, alpha receiver, I don't think. And he's kind of being cast in that role, and he's struggling every time he's been in that role there. You know, he's been better with Amari Cooper when Amari Cooper was on the field, basically playing the X, you know.
1: I was saying to sell him for AJ Brown.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should do it.
1: I don't think it's an overreaction. I don't think uh, there's no way that you're going to be able to get that done at this point. I don't think, but no, you still could. You still could. could, I think there are are definitely some people that will still see CD Lamb as a top five. uh, You could probably get AJ Brown in a second for CD Lamb in some leagues.
0: I think you probably. I mean, if you
1: can, if you can, definitely do it. I mean, I would like T Higgins uh, was uh, concussed. I would still, I would still trade CeeDee Lamb for T Higgins plus. I would take T Higgins straight up, but I think that the market value will still be in your favor with. You get
0: more, with, uh, especially Lamb. T Higgins got hurt. You could get more than just T Higgins yeah. for
1: him. But
0: you no, know, I think even in redraft, like I guess you have to play CeeDee Lamb if you drafted him. But I'm the next five weeks. I'm not even going to be enthused about playing him with Cooper Rush at quarterback because there's going to be games where this team doesn't do anything on offense, just like this past week. It could be right. pretty actually and yeah he's already yeah. looking like an early bust candidate this is one guy I would be panicking on you know whereas others I think you have to let it roll off your back um but to onto a positive thing so many things we were wrong about we'll get to more of that here but the one thing we were right about on the show was Saquon Barkley <laughs> we were 100% right about Saquon Barkley here we've been talking about let's as... just talk about
1: Saquon for the rest yeah. of the yeah <laughs>
0: And I, yeah, I, said let's do that. I said in the bowl prediction show, he'd be the RB one this year. And I really thought it was possible. And he was the RB one through one week. He looked like the old Saquon and that was just good to see, man. And I'm glad that even through three years of nonstop injury that I hope that you held out hope for him and, you know, still <laughs> bought into the ceiling and then uh, not like Ian, everyone on the
1: show did certainly. Right.
0: Except for <laughs> Ian who sold him in our main dynasty league two weeks or two days before the season began. <laughs>
2: I feel like that statement needs context and I'm not going to take the time to provide it but <laughs> I want everybody I want everybody listening to know that I was very very in on Saquon this year and I thought he was going to have a monster bounce back here just not to this level. We okay, all were. So
0: all of us on the podcast have been telling you he's like the best second round pick there is.
1: Mm-hmm. so okay so here so here's some of the stuff on saquon in week one uh the guy played eight 83 percent of the snaps 74 uh route participation 62 percent of the attempts 40 percent target share 22 percent of his carries uh went for 10 yards or more <laughs> like, oh, good, just dude. literally 40 percent target share this guy so like all of the stuff about like oh well you know daniel jones isn't going to pass enough to him that's out the that's out the window no he will like, he 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 I mean he had a forty percent target share. Like he, he was the team's RB one clearly and the team's wide receiver one clearly. You know what, so, dude?
0: I think the Giants only attempted 21 passes here, and I think that's about as low as it's gonna get. So a major yeah. target share for him. And with Kadarius Tony not on the field, that wide receiver core is crap. So Saquon can get a hundred targets this year. Like, I mean not be shocked at all.
1: It's really gonna be a case of as long as Saquon continues to play at this level which he will as long as he's as long as he's healthy the Giants offense is going to go as far as he takes them so like they're going to ride this dude uh until he breaks or all year long and I'm hoping that I just think that the NFL is more fun when you have like the greatest offensive talent I think outside of the quarterback position to come out of you know into the league in like the last five years or so like it's it's just more fun whenever he's healthy and breaking off 60 yard runs every week
0: for sure. it's was just good to see that burst back, too. I mean, you just, all you had to do was watch the, watch the game, watch the film. You saw that rookie year burst from him where he's just exploding through the line and running past the entire defense. That was just good to see. Uh, another positive takeaway here, this is my opinion alone, but I, you guys probably agree to this. Julio Jones is a must-start player right now for the foreseeable future as the number two there in Tampa on a high-passing volume team. As long as Chris Godwin is out, and even probably when Godwin comes back, I think you have a winner in Julio Jones. I mean, he looked good. I don't know if he looked like old Julio the same way Saquon did, but he doesn't even need to be for him to be great for fantasy. Like, I think this is – he could actually be a top 24 wide receiver. Ian's bold take from the offseason could come true mm-hmm. as long as he stays healthy there because I think he's going to see plenty of targets. He had one of the highest dots of anyone in the league through week one, and he's in – probably the best offense a receiver could be in honestly
1: yeah yeah uh
2: I'll let cameron take this one i'm sure yeah so things. i mean
0: you were probably the most skeptical on julio coming into the year would you say that as well are you definitely you're like starting him everywhere this next week
1: definitely yeah yeah 100 and i and i would and i would assume that he's on some waivers out there like maybe like a 25 percent waiver guy like maybe someone uh, yeah. He would be like if he if he's on my waivers, he would be like my priority pickup oh, over I'm like blown. all of these all of these week one running backs, all of these other wide receivers that we're going to talk about, uh, because of the role and because of the offense. And he looked and he looked fantastic, right? Like I mean, I was skeptical because of what we saw last year and just the uh, like declining efficiency that we had seen over like the previous two years uh, leading up to this year, and then you called him dust, and then <laughs> and then uh, I mean, rightfully so, to- maybe. But. Right. And then, and then he, uh, comes into Tampa Bay. He's running just as many routes as, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, he's getting targeted down the field. Like you said, uh, if they're giving him like end of rounds or whatever, like, the guys in the TV 12 method, I guess. I don't, I don't know.
0: It's a legend playing with legend and it's going to be good things for fantasy. I think. And, you know, he had kind of a moderate game for fantasy and it could have been a lot better if he hauled in that other deep ball, but he only played 50% of the snaps. And if Godwin misses a full game, coming up probably going to miss multiple weeks he's going to see a lot more than that there he's going to be eased into the offense and he's going to be a big you know a big part of this offense going forward and he'll probably have huge games and more touchdowns i would assume more touchdowns than we've seen from him in the past so i want to talk about the rookie running backs too just we can get through them all at once because it was a tough week for them um i think maybe one of the other things we were right about uh, that we vindicated on was Damian Pierce because he came out, only played 29% of the snaps, only one target. What the
2: heck and was that, man?
0: Rex Burkhead just
2: this is, is what I was saying, one. man. Yeah, we, like... we
0: did call this yeah, one.
2: But 29% of snaps, you couldn't have foreseen it being this bad. So, this so, is what I thought was gonna happen. So this guys, I, thought,
1: I mean
0: they were in a positive game script, and it was still the Rex Burkhead show there. So that's no, what this... was so telling to me
1: here. Right. Like this, like this is what I thought was gonna happen. Like, I I I did not. I never thought at any point in the offseason that uh, that Damian Pierce was a quality prospect. Uh, yeah, I was always uh, Team Burkhead, and then we talked about on the waiver show that he would be like a waiver wire pickup potentially after we yeah. One. He was, and he was the clear guy down no, in yeah, the backfield yeah. in terms yeah. of the in terms of rushing and in terms of passing game work. Like he dominated. that was a great call by you. On, I'm glad we Burkhead. stuck
0: true to that. Yeah, with the
2: Damian he Pierce, dominated the
1: passing game work as well. Like it, I, I mean, it could be a case of just a like. Rookie running back having to earn his role. Like I think that's what it so is. So often, I think that's what it is. But uh, I mean, I could, like, I could see this lasting all year long. I For think he'll long.
0: get more wow. early down work, but I still think Burkhead's going to be the third down guy, which already limits what Pierce can do, and it's not. And gonna they're
2: going to be, be losing long. a lot.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's what that's the thing. I think it's going to be mostly Burke throughout most of the
2: season because of them being down. Even so, if- who's more of a priority add to you guys between Burkhead and you know the the de facto Jeff Wilson? Um
1: Burkhead for me.
2: Burkhead's a higher priority, you think?
1: I yeah, think- I just like he's the guy that I can that I can actually start. Like, I don't know, I don't know what the hell's gonna go I, on in San Francisco. I, like, that's so really could- close mm-hmm. to
0: me, but I think yeah, I mean, my advice would be to maybe avoid spending a lot of fab on Jeff Wilson because I think at this point in his career, he's not that great. And that well, there are,
1: like three guys like, there. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like they're
0: running back, yeah.
1: And like, in like half the leagues out there, literally all three guys from San Francisco are going to be picked up on waivers.
0: I agree. We, we won't talk about it further, but I do want to, I did want to say this that Jeff Wilson is a bit of a trap because a lot of people are probably going to spend like 75% of their fab on him.
1: Don't do that. They
0: have the starter and don't do it. If you can get him for like 10, 15%, yeah, that's fine. But I wouldn't be blowing my load on Jeff Wilson, really.
1: Yeah, basically, I think that, like, you want to be the cheapest, like, just get, like, whoever you think is the cheapest guy. Just take, just take the cheapest shot possible. Are I
2: you don't... guys out on TDP completely?
0: No, no I, would grab, no. I would grab Price, too. Yeah, I think he could have a role because we found out that Mason was active just for special teams, so he doesn't have a role in the backfield. I think Price will be active next game, and maybe he gets some carries himself. So, I would, yeah, I'd rather spend 3% of my fab on Ty Davis Price than... 50 plus on jeff wilson easily but you know thinking with the rookie running backs you know we know about james cook uh really kenneth walker missed rashad white the one thing i'll say about him only 27 percent of snaps but he got eight opportunities but when leonard fournette left the game with a little injury there i think he's going to be fine but at least we saw jeff uh sorry rashad white is going to be a three down back if something were to happen to fournette so that's confirmed and for me if white is on waivers he'd be a priority add for me just as a a high value a high high value handcuff there
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um we, i want to talk about Brees hall though cuz uh, you know out of the bat this looks like a really disappointing week but it was basically a 50-50 split and the dude got 10 targets i 10 mean targets he, he is, like, led 10 targets
1: 10 10 is crazy targets.
0: So yeah. I think things are just going to get better for him. It might still take some time, but I wouldn't panic off of Brees Hall here after Week One.
1: Yeah, and as a guy that was uh, high on uh, Brees Hall, um, this is this is this, this is basically what I expected in a uh, Week One something something similar to this. Michael Carter uh, led the way on the ground pretty handily, uh, twelve snaps to seven, 10 attempts to six, but in the passing game they were they were they were dead even, which was like. It was kind of uh, uh, like unexpected for me. What was that? Uh, like, Brees Hall got so much so in the passing game. Yeah. So,
0: so Mike, Michael Carter had like nine targets himself. So, it was just right. on there because they got down.
1: Right.
0: And Michael Carter had a good game himself. He had 100 yards from scrimmage. Brees Hall only mm-hmm. ha- had like 50 or so. So, Michael Carter is going to be there a little longer than we had hoped for, I think, for the Brees Truthers. But I think at the end of the day, we're going to see a breakaway from. Brees hall at some point this season it's just going to take a little bit of time but at the at the moment he's still like a rb2 flexible asset i think for any redraft league agreed yeah all right we got to talk about kader's tony too i don't want to spend too much time on it but <laughs> i just want to know from you guys are you dropping him because he everyone no. knows the story. he came out he played seven snaps he looked terrific on those snaps i think i saw something that he like he broke like 10 tackles or like forced 10 missed tackles on those two touches, but he just wasn't out there. And I think we're what I'm doing with him as a big Tony truther is holding him one more week. And if it doesn't drastically improve his usage, then I think in redraft leagues, you can just cut bait and go pick up someone else. Did you guys agree? To I'm that so with upset that?
1: with this dude. We had a whole, like, we had a whole segment plan for this guy starting, starting last year. We were going to like every week, come in here and do the Jokers wild segment and we waited and waited and waited and this dude like in the end we're the clowns <laughs> <laughs> I, he makes me look
0: like a clown dude i don't know i don't appreciate it
1: <laughs> it's just ridiculous man like th- this dude's really like uh i don't know like every week he uh, like defies expectation in one way or another, and it seems more of it's like negative. It's, it's like bad. Right? Yeah. More
0: uh, bad than good. But when the good happens, it's great.
1: There was like, like one happens, good. Bad. Bad. It <laughs> was like one. It was one game. No, I, I mean it was it, it was really like two and a half games where he was like crushing, like getting. It was two and a half games, but there was crazy In the
0: games, he didn't like perform for fantasy. He was seeing like ridiculous shit A ton
1: of he a ton targets. Year.
0: So really, anytime yeah. he played after the first three games last year. It was all good signs to me. So I just don't know, man. I don't know if this is a doghouse situation. I don't know if the team is totally done with him.
2: Also, keep in no. mind that was that was a world without Exodia Saquon, man. If Exodia Saquon is back, like it's Saquon's world, and we're all just well, living dude, in that it, That doesn't that
0: doesn't matter for their wide receivers though, because that's he a ton- had a
2: forty percent target share. What do you mean that doesn't matter for <laughs> that's the wide Because receivers. they have no
1: one to throw to. <laughs>
2: off he cuts yeah, off,
1: he cuts off literally half the uh, available. To the problem
2: with Tony? Tony
0: was the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart. It had nothing to do with. The <laughs> yeah,
1: point. like Richie. J- no, like yeah. So I'm here on a like I went to a, like PFF New York Giants the receiving tab. Tony's not even on the list. Like I'm mean, like I know he was out there, but they literally didn't. Enjoy <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, oh <my> God. <laughs> All him. right, they got a guy so, named Chris Chris Meyerick. Like, do you know who that is? Dylan? I don't even know who that is. No, Dylan's a big Giants fan. I have
2: right. heard of this guy. Right, so, so he's. So question. you guys has, are saying? Are you cutting oh, him? <laughs> if I drafted Kadarius Tony, he was probably in like the ninth or tenth round. I'll hold him for one more week. Okay. But if it isn't, if it is, if he isn't out there. 70-80% of the snaps and actually implemented in the offense. I am cutting him next week.
1: Yeah.
0: I need to see at least 50% of the snaps next week to hold him in redraft leagues.
1: There's uh, enough reason to know that he's really good or like there's enough there to I think hold for one more week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I wanted to go through our darlings here cuz it'd be a lot to go through all of them but
1: Oh my god. There were some
0: disappointments. We talked about Allen Robinson don't. We talked about Robinson already. Just you got to hope for better things. And I think they are coming, but same goes with Mike Williams here. It's, it's pretty easy for me. That was just a weird week. That's wide receiver fantasy variance. And I think Mike Williams is like a must start against Kansas city this Thursday. Um, And Sutton too, it wasn't a great game for him, but he had a 19 uh, yard a dot, which was like the fourth highest in the league, a good enough target share. So I'm fine with him. And I wanted to mention ETN too. And I think Cameron probably had something about ETN. I think you, you wrote down by ETN, right?
2: Because yeah. Yeah.
0: It wasn't good right, for the yeah, fantasy so. box score, but he played 51% of the snaps and he got the passing work, which is what you wanted. Yeah, the
1: passing work. Yeah. He, uh, he got, he got 75% of uh, the long down and distance where he got a hundred percent of the two minute offense, and he got a hundred percent of the short yardage. So it was kind of like an Austin Eckler-ish early in his career situation where in like high leverage uh, situations, they just like had him in the game always. So like he's getting, he's, uh, he's, he's getting the more fantasy valuable uh, work and that might change with how good James Robinson looked, but I can only go off what we saw week one and we all think that he's a good player.
2: Also, yeah. t- it's important to take note. I know that touchdowns can be kind of fluky and weird, but. Uh, he had two golden he, opportunities. Right. One on a one on a route where he just destroyed the linebacker and was completely wide, wide open. open. Trevor Lawrence just completely overshot him. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's it, touchdowns are fluky, but also completely blowing wide open passes for NFL quarterbacks are pretty fluky as well. You don't expect him to miss then that. Another throw one. That bad. Then
1: another one though, where he was. He just it completely and he straight, he straight up bricked.
2: <laughs> he it. just dropped Spiked to it top, into uh, the ground, and yeah. I mean, he, he also had those- the. It might he be had to step on teams. his man there. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that was the point I was going to bring up is uh, if you if you tack on, you know, an extra uh, 24 points with those PPRs and the yards and everything, all of a sudden now you're looking at a 30-point game basically. Or, no, I'm sorry, my math is off. You tack on <laughs> like 15 yeah. points with the PPRs yeah, and, then, and the yards. And then then you're fine, looking at a 25-point game, and yeah. it's a great game for him. So, yeah, like yeah. one of
1: the bad things there, though, is that James Robinson did score later on the exact same play. <laughs> it was the exact yes, same right. passing route, and Robinson caught it and scored. I mean,
2: oh. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> threw it so high, he <laughs> gave him the opportunity to jump up and grog, <laughs> no, spike think, it into the ground. The
0: bad thing about ETN is we were hoping that James Robinson would be shot, and ETN could be like a workhorse back.
1: Bro, I think James that, Robinson looked so good.
0: That dream is gone, because James Robinson is back, and he looks good. Everything Doug Peterson said about him turned out to be true. So it's gonna be like, split, and that I mean sucks for ETN, but I still think the dude's really. So good. you're
2: buying ETN in, in in off of this uh off of this game? You I think would. Think he's, worth, redraft, he's worth going out
1: and yes, in redraft and dynasty and all formats. Yeah, I
2: think in
0: dynasty and redrafts maybe not though, unless you I am for from sure really low.
2: Wow, this is your mind, guy, Dylan. <laughs> you're just, Dude, you're just I mean rats it, off a ship. Look at this them is
0: fly. A complete, this is a complete 50-50 committee here. I mean. If you could buy him for he, cheap, If people are like well, he's getting them, he's yes. getting like
1: all of the like high leverage work.
0: He's
2: also on a bad. He's also on a relatively bad team, too. So yeah. we're expecting think, a decent I amount think, of negative game scripts.
1: Yeah. That's true. And I think that the team's going to be better as well.
2: Well, hopefully, if Trevor Lawrence could stop missing wide open guys, it'd be kind of well, nice.
0: They looked better this week. Yeah,
1: much better, much better. And
0: then um, to kind of piggyback it, we could talk about another my guy here, but. I want to talk about the year of the wide receivers changing teams because, dude, I mean, just the year of the wide receiver in general, it it was a crazy week for wide receiver. But Tyreek, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, each of them seeing like 30 plus percent target share, each of them dominating. And then even some of the other guys changing teams, Juju, Kirk, DJ Chark, Hollywood Brown, Julio, they all had big weeks. (laughs) Chark. Chark.
2: <laughs> Chark. Chark found all his way guys onto this. Changes. Chark catches a bomb. Chark had a big every week.
1: Time, every time that Chark does anything, we're going to hear about it. Chark, Chark, Chark found his way onto this. Chark week, <laughs> baby.
0: I mean, I don't want to go in-depth on him. But I'm throwing him into that. Please do. Please. Wide receivers. All team. the wide receivers. <laughs> all the, all,
2: all the notable wide receivers that change teams. You know, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, D.J. Chark. Like, they're all there. I said
0: Kirk <laughs> no, but it and is Julio. Notable. I said Kirk and Julio in there, too. Well, because yeah. we did
1: talk about this, about – about, uh, like, the history of wide receivers changing teams. And I, and I think that at least I came down on, like, here's how you sort it. Like, the guys that teams go after, at the guys that they trade for or whatever, those are the guys that you target. But it was – I mean, you're right. It was – bait. like, the only guy that flopped that changed teams that I can think of is Russell Gage. That's, oh, that's yeah. like, the only sort of big-ish name. Yeah,
0: that's because he wasn't even playing. They, like, they got someone else. Right. They got Julio. Big
1: daddy He's- Julio is here yeah. to just absorb all of that target share.
2: But and I this want- kind
1: of and this kind of uh, like, dovetails with, with like my my I think top twi- uh, top uh, like, takeaway on the week is that all off season there was talk about like the hero RB strategy about how like you know all these all these guys crunching all these numbers about what like the, like, the optimal lineup for this year was and uh, like that's that was that was the conclusion that they uh, came to and I even talked about how like in my like personal ranks and uh, projections that it seemed like. This year's top tier of wideouts uh, was a greater separation from the second tier of wideouts uh, compared to running mm. backs, where it seemed like the second tier of running backs was much longer this year than normal, and mm. much closer to the to, to the top tier, where even uh, like I talked about a guy like Leonard Fournette, right, who I I thought basically profiled as the same as all these other top tier running backs in terms of usage, and you and you saw it play out. In week one, we first round wideouts. Like if you if you went running back first round and it wasn't JT basically or uh, like uh, Joe Mixon, you probably lost your week. And if or you went first time. round Some people wide receiver, for sure. I'm just yeah, like I'm just going by fantasy pros ADP. Um, yeah. And if you went first round uh, wideout, you probably won your week. So the first round wide receiver average in a points per game or points in a uh, PPR scoring was thirty one point two. The first round running back average fifteen point five. <laughs> wow! Damn. I think it was <laughs> they doubled them up.
0: It might be a little <laughs> fluky about the running backs because I think guys like McCaffrey, Kamara, Henry are going to end up having those huge weeks.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah.
0: It, this is it does support what we said about Justin this will be an interesting. To, this
2: this is definitely an interesting thing though to monitor as the season goes along because I think one week sample size like Dylan said is probably a little bit fluky, but I would be curious to see this over a season long how yeah. the two averages compare.
1: Right. We'll I mean, definitely like, do
2: it again over four weeks, you the know. Big
1: reason. Yeah, like so the big reason why it stands out to me is because like there was so much talk and so much work done by so many different really smart people in the fantasy space about this exact thing. And then week one comes out just and destroys like, it. And of course it is it is like a one-week sample size, but it just it just validates it so over the top, you know what I mean? And right. then, like, like so here's just a list of the top 12 running backs in the week. So Saquon, JT, Swift, those are all good guys. We all agree, first, second round. Then Hunt, uh, Cordero Patterson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Dontrell Hillier, Joe Mixon, again, a first-round guy, AJ Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Gibson. James Robinson, uh, Jonathan Williams, and then I had to throw a Miles Sanders in it. Uh, <laughs> Bonus. Running back 13. <laughs> Bonus. But, but, I mean, point being is that it seems... Like that was always the theory with the hero RB thing all along is that it's easier to find running back uh, uh, production at a high level later in drafts, because you can find guys that are just handed work. Whereas wide receivers have to earn their work.
0: Well, the stud wide receivers we have at the top of the league are just so good right now. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's like the, the age for wide receiver. I can't even believe how many dominant wide receivers there are in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to throw out there too. One of Ian's my guys, Hollywood Brown. He performed the best of all our my guys, and it wasn't even that's a very a bad, good game. It was like fourteen points. Statement. But man, <laughs> I, I want to say it's like I think he's gonna be awesome. Though <laughs> I mean, he had hole. he had the sixth highest A dot on the week. You saw them try to go deep to him. The Cardinals off defense is so bad. It's insanely bad. Oh, They're gonna be getting God. in shootouts like crazy, and Marquise Brown mm-hmm. is gonna command more targets. So. I would just say that if you could still buy him, this might be your chance because he's going to have some good matchups coming up. I, I think that's actually, that's, a, that's not a
2: bad buy. I didn't even think about it yeah. because he had the touchdown. So it kind of made him look like he had a better week than he did. But if you're the, if if you're uh, in, if you're the uh, the Hollywood Brown owner and you were watching that game, you were not comfortable until he caught that touchdown. So yeah. you might be a little bit put off by what he put out.
1: Yeah, probably. It really, wasn't... As long as we're talking about uh, the Cardinals' passing game, I did mean to put down on, on here to buy Rondell Moore. Like, I don't know, I don't know how bad the injury is, but somebody's probably going to drop free him on most leagues. Yeah, yeah. Like, pick him up and stash him in your IR because this dude Greg Dortch basically <laughs> nine <was targets>. Dortch. <laughs> he Dortch. basically played what Dortch. I believe to be the Rondell Moore role, uh, and the dude ran 42 routes, tied with Hollywood Brown. So he ran just as many routes as Hollywood Brown uh, did was targeted nine times compared to Hollywood Brown six. not saying that not saying that 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 role is going to out uh whatever like Marquis Brown is going to put up just that it seems like they do have something in mind but i mean like you look at Dort he's he's <laughs> he's <Dorch>. basically <laughs> i mean he's basically just a worse Rondell Moore right yeah i mean and, they're going to be throwing
0: this, the ball a ton
1: right and this and this and this sort of uh like confirms what like if you pay attention to the Cardinals over the offseason they talked about they talked about Rondell Moore a ton and about how he's going to play the Christian Kirk role, and then they also talked about Dorch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they did. He got some. He's still like on waivers everywhere. I don't know if you go pick him up. It sounds like Rondell Moore is practicing this week. No, I wouldn't so. pick
1: up Dorch, but I would. Yeah, pick go up
0: pick up Rondell if he was. Drunk, I, would, I agree. And I would,
1: and I would, and I would trade four more in uh, dynasty leagues.
0: Yeah. All right. So, how about Cameron made a chart about the rookie wide receivers, which I think is important you want to take us through that because basically laying out all the targets
1: i'm just gonna go through
0: the highlights here like Traylon burks man
1: yeah 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 so 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 i think that there's been enough work done uh in terms of rookie wide receivers for like uh uh uh, dynasty purposes where there's certain benchmarks that we want to see them hit in terms of productivity and in terms of like market value like guys that Guys that lose market value over uh, year one have an incredibly low like bounce back rate. Like if a guy, if a rookie wide receiver falls, I think it's ten ADP spots uh, from uh, year one to year two. They bounce back at like a fifteen percent rate or something like that. So like you can you can sort of pay attention to these young wide receivers and make moves on them relatively early is like my belief. So I think even as early as week one, it's important to see how these rookies are looking and like uh like there were really no surprises in terms of like the top three guys at least at least in the uh my rankings Garrett Wilson Drake London and Traylon Burks all performed very very well uh Wilson and London just ran a ton of routes just were targeted a lot uh, like performed on those roles Burks ran barely any routes Burks ran 13 routes which was the second fewest among all of the rookies that I charted when but his good. target per route run was forty percent. His yards per route run was four point two. Uh, his A dot was almost twenty yards. Um, he crushed. Like there was a point going like halfway through the fourth quarter where this guy had like over fifty percent of Tennessee's air yards. Dude, <laughs> I, had, uh, I would
0: say go by Trey Lumberg's.
1: Oh, I think definitely. it's going to
0: happen. It's going to happen at some point this year, sooner or later.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold for uh, redraft, and then if if. If you can still buy in Dynasty, do that. But any, I think, I think Burks is one of these guys that like people that had him in Dynasty, like were guys that were like bought in and like would have would would know what happened. Maybe not, well, but at least in the case I, of you, no, for sure. Yeah, like <laughs> he owned him in all our leagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't going anywhere for me. Uh, some some concern here for Pickens and Alec Pierce. They like uh, they both had really good days of cardio. <laughs> they're <laughs> running out there. <laughs> yeah. They're out there running a ton of routes. I mean, and it's good to see them be involved. They just uh I think more concerned for Pierce because I thought he was bad already. Um Pickens yeah. I like Pickens, I think there's a lot more hope for.
0: I'm happy to see what happened with Pickens. He's out there, he's playing 70 plus percent of snaps. He's the number two there, or at least you know, in the top three targets there. So yeah. uh, you know, I'd be encouraged by that. I just the quarterback. Sky
1: Sky Moore is another one and and this one's weird to me because like it seems like there's opportunity there like I don't think his competition is too stiff he only ran seven routes
0: Hmm. yeah I I want to also mention Christian Watson because I was telling Cameron before too I think he had one of the more encouraging games for a rookie wide receiver just because I didn't expect him to barely be involved in this game or you know Mm -hmm. I thought he would maybe just be worked in on a couple packages but he actually right. led the green Bay wide receivers in, in snap percentage. He ran 29 mm-hmm. routes and he absolutely torched the guy on the first play of the game and dropped a wide open 75 yard touchdown, where if he catches that ball, you know, his yeah, his dynasty story. value was about to shoot back up. And I think it was just good to see that even after the injury, him missing time, that the team felt the need to, to go out and, and put him on the field and try to get him involved early and often. And you could see the, what kind of athlete he is on the field. Even if it doesn't work out, the upside is still there. And it looks like they are desperate enough to try to get him involved, um, you know, earlier rather than later.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Kyle Phillips for Tennessee. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got to talk about him. He, he he was, I think, fifth round guy, something like that. Got, right. Yeah. Got, got, yeah. Fifth fifth round uh, slot receiver. Got nonstop hype throughout the offseason and then came in and immediately – uh, had nine targets, nine targets week one. I think there's a chance that – and I think it might be a pretty good chance that Tennessee's best two wideout set is two rookies, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips.
0: Yeah, Robert Woods didn't have a very good day, did he?
1: No.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he's I, – I think Woods, Woods is probably a drop candidate for me as well.
0: Uh, you know what? Yeah, we talked about the Woods versus Tony thing. And uh they going
2: both be it might, <laughs> might have been a lose lose. Woods yeah. actually <laughs> what, Woods
0: played most of the game, but Tony produced exactly as many fantasy points. They both had 2.3 points in fantasy. <laughs> That's depressing. I know. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's let's move on here. Um, so Cameron wanted to talk about passing over expectation on some teams. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, like just some teams that I was interested in seeing uh um what what the passing work is going to look like, and uh, so Baltimore and uh, Philly in particular, um, Philly see, like there was some like there was some talk about uh, whether you know uh, like with the Ravens you saw last year they passed a little bit more and whether or not that was because their running backs were injured, which of course they still are. So like I don't think that we can draw anything out, like definitively uh, from this, but they were but they were way way over expectation uh, in terms of passing. And this, and this this is a uh, metric that looks at when you're in early down and long situations, um, uh, how often are you uh, passing as opposed to running? Like teams that are run heavy tend to run on first and second down. Um, but uh, Baltimore was like one of the heaviest over-expectation passing teams in week one. That's was crazy. Super surprising. Yeah, Carolina was another one that was extraordinarily high. And also through um, – through and uh, uh, I think was the highest in week one in terms of neutral game script pass rate Carolina. So good news for DJ Moore, uh, potentially, potentially good news for Robbie Anderson who had a big week one. Um, and then uh, like the Eagles were actually slightly over expectation on early downs as well, which was the team more than anyone that I was interested in, in terms of, in terms of passing because of how wildly different the first and second half of last season was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it wasn't strong enough, though. That I don't think that there's anything that we can draw from that. So, As opposed to, I do, I do think that the one that I'm most confident means something is uh, like the Carolina situation.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I do want to say about the Eagles. I, you know, we were skeptical about the pass catchers, and Devontae Smith laid a goose egg in Ooh, Week One. So I think that was right. But AJ Brown is just happens to be so good he's that he's going to be. Yeah,
1: he's fine. he's yeah. So he's him. <laughs>
0: So I think the, the team is looking good in green. I think the team is going to be so good. We talked about them being the best team in the NFC East, but um, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because that was against the Lions, who are like easily one of the worst defenses in the league, and they just ran a ton of plays in general. I mean, they ran a lot and they threw a lot in that game. I'm taking they, it however and, you
1: want to give it to them. Um, AJ Brown is going to is going to is going to. Oh crush. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: no, AJ Brown is going to crush. Game. But I think- also have you also have Miami Miami
1: Miami, Miami Miami yeah like less does that forget. mean that
2: you're back to being a you're back to being a Dolphins fan because for uh, a while you thought they were going to be poopy boy run runners and now <laughs> and now we see the, no <laughs> no I think it's possible that, that still uh, like run McDaniel, for two yards yeah uh, might
1: might like this might be an offense that's uh, like distinct from the Shanahan offense like as if you look at the chart that I pulled this yeah from, they still
2: can't run they still can't run
1: they're 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 it's it's literally like the highest above mm. expectation quadrant like the dolphins are damn near the highest and then on the total lowest quadrant you have like, like the opposite the is the 49ers yeah and of course there were like no, the rain game yeah things yeah, yeah. like that but like i think it's a good i mean like the dolphins they could have you know like they had the game conditions to play like however they wanted and like mcdaniel chose to pass over expectations so they can't uh, run
2: it wasn't a, it wasn't a decision i promise you they, oh, really, they, they still can't run what, no, they, uh, you, back the their...
0: strength the personnel on the team the strength is their pass catchers and even yeah. the game they blew out they kind of stopped passing halfway through the third quarter no they, they, kept kept so
1: they kept passing and they
2: kept passing i know they right.
1: yeah
0: they kept passing the whole game right third. like that's why the over
1: expectation yeah. stuff is so high cuz like 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 they were in positions to run out the clock and i guess they just not to um uh and yeah yeah dylan like i do agree with you that like the personnel dictates that they would pass more but i thought that there was a chance that like mcdaniel being the shanahan guy would have the shanahan characteristic of, of thinking that his scheme like rules above all else and just trying to like jam the ball down the middle I, I think oh we'll no he, he, so think he, he adapts Daniel, everything to his personnel
0: he, he's yeah. smart enough to know about that it's personnel and he even said that he's
1: yeah,
2: in so, yeah. He also gave Mike Gesicki one catch. Like the dude knows uh, he's what he done. wants.
1: Yeah, he is so beyond <laughs> ghost. Like, yeah,
0: we should talk about the Green Goose Eggy. Goose Eggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah. that's one of my favorite fantasy nicknames. He's, yeah. he's all about the goose eggs. Um, so we should talk about the Green Bay running back split because this is something we actually mentioned. Like, don't draft Aaron Jones. Draft AJ Dillon five rounds later, and then AJ Dillon even in a blowout ended up he he was the number one running back here he got all the attempts um aj or aaron jones ran some more routes but aj dylan out targeted him and out attempted him and he got the red zone work he got the touchdown so i mean i think it's clear it's going to be close to like a 50 50 split there but i think yeah but it doesn't matter like aj dylan was by far the better value there and he actually he did play just over 50 percent of the snaps are you
1: guys selling aaron jones I would try. Um, Yeah. Like this is one, this is one that I'm actually like pretty worried about.
0: I I don't know if I'd sell him because he didn't have a good game. I don't know if he will have somebody, if
1: somebody like wants to pay pay what you, what you, what you drafted him at. Yeah.
0: If you can get that or close to it, at least. Yeah. Right. Like give Aaron Jones plus a little something and try to go after a top running back.
1: Yeah. Because the split was tough. I mean, I think that, I think that, I mean, like, this game, uh, Dylan was, like, the clear guy. And I think that when we look back on the season, it will end up being more like a 50-50 split. But I think, you know, it's just it's just not going to be enough for Jones to return on where you drafted him, I don't think. Like, there were some people thinking that, like, it was a really popular hot take that he'd be, like, a top three running back. But it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. After, Would you trade Aaron Jones for week. Alvin Kamara? Yes.
0: Oh, f- yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Kamara was getting drafted ahead yeah. of
1: him. Well, Kamara's Kamara's week one well, Kamara was pretty had rough a, as well. Kamara had a terrible week one. I mean, day. they both he had injuries, but, but yeah, I don't, he have... I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that, that, that that's as sustainable. Like, he doesn't have an AJ Dillon back that, there. That, would
2: exactly.
1: you trade that Aaron Jones for ETN? Would I trade Aaron Jones for ETN? Maybe. Uh, no, no. I, don't, I would I want ETN
0: plus, and then I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think if it would. If you can get ETN, another wide receiver, it's.
1: It's close enough to think about, but like similar, similar enough situations and way we don't know. Offense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I would just, I think I would just hold Jones.
2: I think Darren Jones is, uh, I think he, I think he's still going to have a decent year because uh the, uh, I think that he has more passing game upside than he showed week one. I really do. He, he will. Yeah. He'll get because
1: some- Rodgers trusts him. Yeah. Well, the routes are there too. Like I yeah. mean, the dude, like the dude ran 28 routes. I think, I think that. I think that, he has I think that led the team
2: he could he he yeah. he has like he has like a javante last night like that kind of a of a game like in his range of outcomes yeah. where where he just gets a ridiculous amount of catches
0: I, i'm sure. not too panicking where i like must sell because i think he will have those big games the 10 target type of games they just will just to like to eventually because they, they're, like, they're so featuring the running backs on this team it's exactly what we thought
1: yeah, we've seen him be like a top 5 running back in the past though and like I said there were like a lot of hot takes out there that he'd be like top 3, top 5. That is what I'm that's saying is done. Gone. Yeah, that yeah, that like, hope is dreaming yes, is done. done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Cameron, you had some other guys that you wanted to re- recommend people go out and buy
1: Yeah, uh, so by Travis Etienne, by Amon Ross St. Brown. This was a guy that we talked about a lot, particularly towards the end of the offseason, where I really just didn't know how to think or feel about this guy. Like, he was, to me, one of the toughest evals that you could do. St. Brown. Um, Yeah, and then you saw week one where he had the full complement of weapons. Swift was there. Hawk was there. You had the new receiver. Shark was there. Um, And he just continued. What was it? Ten targets? Twelve targets. Twelve targets. Yeah, uh, uh, and then I went back and I looked since since week ten of last year. He's six in the NFL in terms of uh, targets, so he, he was obviously heavily targeted down the stretch last year, or down like the back half last year, really. And then week one gets picks up right where he left off. Right, he he led the team in routes run, yards for routes run, targets share targets, and he got the touchdown. Um, yeah, the offense. The offense ran through him,
0: dude. I mean, we ha- we had talked about the Detroit Lions being much better for fantasy than people expected. And in this game, St. Brown, Chark, and Swift all had big weeks. I mean, this team is always going to be down. They're always going to be in like a two-minute drill sort of offense, basically, at at least running that for like an entire half, just about every single week. And I think even Jamal Williams got in with some fantasy points as well. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean, it was the preseason take gift that keeps I'm giving for me. He's the he's the he's the one lone feather in my cap, <laughs>
1: whiffling it through the wind. Yeah, I mean, and even as a on. rookie, he was he was like, he was a pretty tough eval because like his overall profile was really strong. Like he like broke out at a young age alongside like Michael Pittman and like you know like good players at uh, like USC, and then and then like everything looked great, and then he got drafted in the fourth round. So it was like, what do we do with this guy? But um, <clears> seems like seems like he's going to continue just to like command 10 plus targets a game.
0: Right. Oh, I think it's happening for sure. But you also wrote down to buy Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson got his 12 targets here. It didn't translate to a lot of fantasy, but it's very clear that he has the same exact role he's always had there. Yeah.
1: He just, he he just gets 30, 30% target shares over and over and over again. Like this was another game where he, we had uh, a 30% target share. He's had that in nine of his last 18 games. Uh, I think, think i'd have to look at it but uh, i believe that he's probably the cheapest 30 percent target share wide receiver that it's possible to buy in any format
0: yeah i mean his owners will feel like this was a down game even though you know it's good signs it's a lot of underneath stuff he doesn't he's not extremely efficient with them but he's getting the targets and we've seen him be a wide receiver one and last year i
1: saw something that like on like downfield throws like he didn't get a lot of them but like when he got downfield opportunity it was like i think it was like him and kyle pitts were like the best in terms of fantasy points per like downfield target like there weren't a lot but when he got them he was like really good at it but uh right yeah i mean basically he's just he's just like gonna get hammered with targets and i think that people don't really see him that way still for whatever reason
2: right well he's just so he's so uh He's so unsexy for fantasy terms. Like he really <laughs> genuinely is. When you look at the other guys who command thirty percent target shares, a lot of them yeah, are just gigantic like, or blindingly like fast, like Tyree. Jefferson. Right.
1: It's, it's yeah. true. He
0: doesn't have like extreme. He doesn't size have or any of that all. or anything. He, yeah.
2: He's yeah. like death by a million cuts. Like yeah. every single game he plays, you know. So and the offense keeps is happening. The offense is horrible. And the offense is bad. <laughs> the offense is really bad. So you know that thirty yeah. percent target share might not be like right. it might be. He might have a lot of nine for sixties this year. You know. I think that he's
1: going to end up as a top twelve wideout. That was like my main point. And I think that you could 15, probably buy yeah. him for cheaper than that. Dude, we, oh, we you didn't... can probably
2: buy him for way cheaper than that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then let me just run through these and then we, yeah. we can wrap it up. I just have a couple here, a um, couple buys and sells. I put Alan Robinson as a buy only because, mm-hmm. uh, because of all the things we talked about and because of the uh, year he had last year, there might be some people who bought him completely panicked out and think that he's just totally washed. I don't think that's mm-hmm. true after looking at how open he was and all of his metrics on his separation and stuff. So mm-hmm. he's out there 98% of their snaps. He's running, you know, 40 plus routes. He's out there. Um, I, and I think a, a huge correction could be coming if maybe even this week against Atlanta, uh, you know, it feels like a pretty prime get right game. So mm-hmm. Al Robinson could have a really nice game this week and become way more expensive. So. This is the cheapest he could potentially be all season. That's why I have him here Mm -hmm. Uh, by Dalvin cook. Uh, He didn't have like a terrible game. He just didn't have as good of a game as he could have had given the game script and everything like that. This offense looks great. Um, They were gelling, they were moving the ball. So uh, this, his division is awesome. You got two games against the bears. You have two games against the lions. Uh, His usage was every bit that you were hoping for 20 carries, uh another three receptions on top of it you know Dalvin Cook with his talent in that offense with 25 opportunities he's going to be an animal this year I don't have any concern about someone taking goal line work receiving work so this is a guy who obviously you're not going to get him for cheap because of his name but if you can package a guy like CEH who I'm about to talk about maybe CEH plus something you know plus a guy who had a really nice uh week one at wide receiver and get Dalvin Cook from his owner because he lost week one and he's panicking a little bit. Um absolutely smash deal for me. Uh I would assume you guys both agree with that, right? A hundred percent. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was gonna to buy for sure. I was gonna bring up uh buyer sell on CEH and get your guys' opinions on it. If I could I mean I wanted to just say that for me it felt like it was it was like it was more encouraging than otherwise because of the fact that when it was still a kind of a football game at the beginning it seemed like he was the main guy he was um he was in in the red zone they were drawing up plays for him in the red zone you want to have that player that andy Reid is drawing up shovel passes for on the two-yard line i don't know I don't know why they're so good at it, but their shovel pass is really no one ever they sees it, really it coming. They no really was, really no one ever so see it, it coming. The <laughs> shovel pass and the, and the yeah. underhand passes on the two yard line are just money, and yeah, it usually Kelsey goes to Kelsey. Kelsey. Dude, Dude it's them. always
0: like they they fake it. They pretend they're doing a bootleg rollout throw in the flat, and, and then they just like. Whoop! Shuffling so, it to the other guy, and no one ever sees it coming. The defense so is on every single time. <laughs> my yeah.
2: take on this is if this is going to be the, hey, screw you guys, we never needed Tyreek Hill Mahomes revenge tour, and the dude's going to go off <clears throat> for 55 or 60 touchdowns, I want as many pieces in this offense as possible. And if C. H. Yeah. is the guy that he showed to be, he could be a league winner where he was drafted in the seventh round.
0: You know what? As much as we've trashed him on the podcast – you're I don't coming know. around? He's um, I mean, dude, you kind of have to. I'm not gonna you go were crazy.
1: on the fence just a couple of days ago.
0: I'm not gonna go crazy that he's a major buy to me, but like if yeah. you look at this breakdown of the snap percentage, he actually played the same amount of snaps as McKinnon, but it's just that McKinnon and Pacheco got most of their work in the second half. Yeah, McKinnon's all the garbage time. McKinnon's right. worked in on third down, so it's not a clear it's not a workhorse role by any means, but I'd assume Clyde has about a good 50 to 60 percent on any given week.
2: That's not right. a big blowout. I just want the red zone, man. I want the red so zone and the pass nice. catching.
0: That was so nice. The... That, but I, I think Pacheco's involved. I think McKinnon's involved. So I don't – I still think Clyde's ceiling is somewhat limited. You know, without the two touchdowns, we're not as excited this week. So Where do you have him yeah. rest of season? I, I move him up a little bit from where he was, like maybe RB 18, 19, if I were to re- yeah. re-rank people.
1: So, okay. Yeah. So for me, like I was already like uh, like higher on CEH than you two were preseason because I thought that the role was going to be nice. Um, uh, and then for me, what's selling it as and I, and I do think it's appropriate that you have it in the show doc as buy or sell because I think that you can make a case for either for either way that either of be, them that could be like reasonable. But for me, it would be it would be a hold probably because you're not going to be able to buy them. Um, at the price that i would like but if i have them i'm like excited and for me it's because i like his usage like if you just look at the usage uh like just in a chart uh pacheco got more attempts he was sort of tied with mckinnon in terms of a pass game work but if you go and you break it down in terms of first half versus second half and really like first first state quarter and a half like when it was still a game because this was a boat race like Mm -hmm, quickly mm -hmm. uh ceh was a workhorse for like for the first quarter and a half like it took it took a long time for Derek McKinnon to even get involved at all uh Dylan and I talked about this like I went and looked and broke it down I think in the first in the first half total it was like it was like 11 11 opportunities for CEH compared to like uh three and then two for uh McKinnon and uh uh Pacheco so it was like CEH more than doubled up on his own. Both of the other guys when the game was close. Now, I don't know if that's the way that it's going to be going forward, but um, I do think that it, that it mirrors what we expected coming into the season, given everything that we heard at the camp. Cause I paid a lot of attention to that. Cause I wanted to find a reason to be out on CEH. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, dude, I just
0: think <laughs> you still like have to look back. It's not very different than what they did last year. Like CEH, I'm looking back now, 72% of the snaps week one. He was averaging like 60%. But eventually the there's three guys involved, and it became more of an even split. Yeah. So I don't, I, think, I don't think I don't think that like, he's an incredible yeah.
1: talent, is the reason no. is the reason why I'm willing to hear any sell arguments.
0: In fact, I'd still be like, you know, I don't think you have to sell him off of the nice week. I think he'll be fine play going forward, like a must-start type of guy. But For I where he still, was being um, drafted, yeah, he's a value. Hmm. From where he was right. drafted. Yeah. I
2: think he was being drafted as like, what, above, you know, RB23, like, RB24. He was like 27. Like
1: 28,
2: 27, 28. Off, av- off of this one week, without going too crazy, he does have top 15 rest of season upside.
1: Yeah, definitely. I so would say that. that he could, could
2: absolutely. So he, he he it's a very interesting situation because he also has that. The same reason you guys are met. the person in your league might be met, So you might be able to actually capitalize on the general – meh factor well i want to be clear like i'm i mean
1: i'm actually i'm not i'm not i'm not meh i wouldn't no no no, but the
2: arguments for being meh Uh,
1: yeah right (laughs) the arguments
2: for being meh still are relevant in most people's head that's basically what i'm saying for me yeah Yeah, he's like he's not ceh he's meh anyway anyway he's like he's like a solid
1: like b minus you know okay fine no he's more like a meh Meh. could be better could be better
2: (laughs) he's an eye-raising meh yeah. um biggest sell of the week for me Jalen waddle i didn't i love need that. a whole lot i didn't need a whole lot of uh motivation to put him as this because uh once again i was so out on him in his adp absolutely love the player think he's a phenomenal talent he's not the move for fantasy wow. this year he's not if he didn't have a 42 yard touchdown you're looking at four four catches for 15 yards
0: yeah, right. he happened to break free, it's but Tyreek Hill—it was, it was a
2: fourth and seven slant route that he yeah. that he just just absolutely ghosted three terrible uh, Patriots cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah, Tyreek
0: Hill still produce him in PPR leagues barely, but the, he commanded such a higher target share that it, it's Twelve
2: a clear targets, 12 yeah. It's Twelve a clear targets no, to Tyreek. To Tyreek.
1: Yeah, yeah. What did and, Waddle? What did Waddle do? Let me. Five I, targets. Five four, targets.
2: Four, five targets. Four catches. 42, 69 yards, yards and a touchdown. Sixty-nine yards and a touchdown. He had a forty-two yard nice, touchdown nice. on a fourth and seven slant.
0: I I absolutely yeah. back that up. I would do the and same. He well. is
2: he is a screaming sell to me for where you drafted him in the fourth round. He's still a great player. You might be able to you might be able to fetch something. I like,
0: absolutely would be able to fetch.
2: You could probably package Jalen Waddle, and you could probably put Jalen Waddle and Ceh together and get Dalvin
1: Cook. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah I would do like like, We have uh, just talked
2: before. about these guys.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything else? I would, else to add I would
1: probably, I would probably do that too.
0: I would take Cook hands down. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, go get your stuff
2: um, back. Just a couple, two here that I wrote down. Taysom Hill, guys, what are we doing about Taysom uh, Hill? Don't go crazy, man. No, we have to talk about it. I mean, talk but he's been doing
1: it. this for like four years. Yeah, okay, we don't have to this is just what he does.
2: All the tight ends did nothing. If you're in a tight end designated league where he qualifies, are you going no, after Taysom Hill on waivers? This is just what he does, man. No, no way. No,
0: and no way. even in a tight end premium, because he's not going to catch passes. Like Cameron said, go back, look at the box scores the last three, four years. This happens all he the time. This. He'll break off a run, he'll score a touchdown, but he's only gonna get five to six touches a game. The only, it's just, it's like, never the enough. Way that
1: he's interesting to me is if that Jameis gets hurt and then he's in at quarterback and you can do the thing where you start the quarterback and the tight end. Which spot.
0: wouldn't even happen because Andy Dalton would be the quarterback at that position. I mean,
1: oh really? I don't
2: know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, Andy yeah, Dalton. He, he, they
0: went out and got Andy Dalton.
2: They, they said, came said they so Tasham Hill is, is the,
0: no longer a quarterback. He trained at tight end all offseason.
2: Yeah, but he was taking snaps under center. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah, they so always they lied. It, they lied. They lied. He played
0: twenty five percent of the snaps. He always. Yeah. That's a wild. Yeah. Kick. That's a wild okay, so Just to put some
1: numbers to it. Yeah. Just to put some numbers to it. The guy had the guy had one target and he ran four routes. So so like just And not he had four
0: carries. He happened to break off a long touchdown run. So, so he'll have you these like things but...
2: If you punted on tight end and you're one of the many people who got a goose egg out of your tight end. You're saying you have zero interest. I don't in- want another goose zero egg. Zero interest. He, he will not be <laughs> consistent. He will Taylor not
1: Hill's going to have several goose eggs this year. He's always yeah. going to
0: be part of the offense. They'll they'll yeah. have their packages for him, but there's just no consistency whatsoever. So,
2: so do you think that has any effect on Kamara cuz they did bring no. him in for multiple no. uh goal he, line
0: just like it happened packages. in 2020. Go back to 2020. He steals a couple of red zone looks from Kamara each year but in the end, at the end of the day, it's not a very big. Look, effect. man, like
1: this is like this is where the conversation should start. In, I think he ran four routes. Yeah, he, it's not about had, the routes. It's not about the routes. It's about if the you're running fact that he four.
2: Runs.
0: OK, OK. <laughs> but but if you want to start a guy who's going to take four, you know, um, Wildcat runs out of the quarterback position at tight end, like it's going to you're going to run into right. trouble at some point. Literally,
1: yeah. literally any other player, like if you told me, like, just take Taysom take Hill out of it. And I just tell you like, okay, I have a tight end that's going to run four routes and he's going to get four rushing attempts. Are you interested in, in starting <laughs> that guy? The answer is no. 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 I'm, glad
0: no. You, I'm glad you brought it up, though, because I've seen – It needed to be – it's the elephant in the, the room. He, he, he the there's people telling the – there's people out there saying that he's like the number one waiver wire ad of the week. Oh, my which God. I just – I, I couldn't disagree with strongly. <laughs> and I have Taysom Hill in our tight end premium league, and I still have no interest to play him.
1: And if then, If you hear somebody say that, you know they're bad basically
0: yeah if if one of your favorite fantasy podcasts said that this week just leave them back uh, we'll get you we got you guys
1: unsubscribe come
2: over here just click on subscribe click tell us their names subscribe immediately their dms (laughs) so (laughs) and then the uh the other the other last one that i wanted to mention was the uh the Javante williams game it was it was pretty crazy last night uh i read a stat apparently that whole game was insane bro it was craziness apparently he caught more passes than every other player in the NFL not named Cooper Cub last, he had 11, last night. 11, he had 11 11, 11 receptions targets, 11 catches. yeah more catches then, than
0: Devontae Adams
2: <laughs> yeah and then um with the with the type of player that uh with the type of player that Javonte Williams is obviously we're not expecting him to have that absurd level of, of receptions wild. every week. A lot of it was necessity. It wasn't drawn up. It was Russell Wilson just getting blown up by the Seahawks and just shovel passing it to him like break glass in case of emergency. But even still, mm-hmm. with the type of player that we know Javante Williams is, is he a guy that you're looking to, that you're willing to just pay the price and go get um, because he has, no. you know, no, that type of upside?
0: He's not necessarily yeah. a buy or sell for me because Gordon was so involved. It's essentially a 55 45 split here. Right. And Gordon right. might even him
1: 12 7. And he
2: had the red zone work until he fumbled, Yes, which ironically then Javante fumbled. But But
0: luckily, Javante is going to get the passing work, so Javante is going to be just fine. He'll be like a low-end RB1, but I'm not like through the moon excited for him because it was a weird game plan, and I feel like the receivers are going to start getting more involved for Denver. It's not going to be as much dump offs to him. So, right. Like,
1: I'm not going to go buy him because the thing is, like, part of his value in uh, drafts was like the built in upside that, okay, right out of the gate, he'll be a 60 40 or 70 or 70 30 guy. Right, which like he might have been technically like because of all the targets and stuff, but that's an aberration. Like, this is going to be his target high for the season, guaranteed. Yeah, nothing
0: um, nothing has changed for me on him after yeah, this. Game. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so, like, now I think we have good reason to believe that, like, it's not it's not going to be a 70 30 situation. It's going to be 55 45, something like that, which is uh, like almost exactly what it was 58 42 last yeah. year. Right. So, that's the reason why it wouldn't be like you should be probably a little lower on him than you were um, preseason.
0: The upside is capped with Gordon there for sure. And that's the reason why I I was still a little hesitant to draft him everywhere. Um yeah. I, you know, Gordon goes down, yes, this dude is a top three guy. Um I mean, and I do think,
1: that, think that there are better done. days ahead for this offense as well.
0: Yeah. Oh absolutely, oh, absolutely. they're gonna absolutely. score a lot more we'll than they did that. week one.
1: And then, uh, and then the
2: last, the last thing here. I just wanted to say we were talking about that last night. It feels like if you drafted either Sutton or Judy, yeah, you gotta kind of be feeling. Yeah, that needs to be talked about. You gotta just kind of be feeling. Uh, you gotta be feeling good with your decision because it looks yeah, like both good of those they're both guys. Be good. They're both gonna be good. Uh, Sutton got was a little bit more of a slow start than uh, because Judy had that long touchdown early in the second quarter. But after they got gelling, uh, they both were getting nice, uh, valuable. Targets, long-range targets, especially Sutton. Judy had a lot of plays that were just completely drawn up for him. You could tell that they were drawn up for him. They would have him running. Uh, They ran like a play action where Judy was running like a rub, like along the line, and basically Mm -hmm. they just faked the run to the left and then flipped it to Judy to the right. He just took off. That dude's fast, man. You can see why he was drafted. You can see why he was drafted where he was. He is fast. He's going
0: to be good. I think that was a good takeaway that both these guys are going to be good, exactly what we had said. And I think maybe is, Sutton still might be the guy to have, just because he, the, the targets like were so valuable. Nicer. The A dot, yeah. like I said, it was top four in the league this year, this week, and it doesn't even count the one like fifty yard pass interference
2: that, yeah. that Les took a couple of, of deep shots one on one with Sutton yeah. and, and Woolen there on the left. So I remember, think wasn't he? he for
1: that, they didn't he yeah. had the highest A dot in the NFL last year. Sutton.
0: It was close to it. He's been right. he's always up there, and he was getting just nothing but downfield looks. I mean, it's not holy dot, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, even though we had a, like a lukewarm game, like I'm still pretty hot on Sutton. I think he's going to be great. Is he a
2: buy? I mean, I know you're yeah, in, yeah. but is he, is he a buy for you Cameron? You think Sutton? If-
1: yeah. I mean, it, like it all depends on price and stuff from, for me. Like I think that Judy, might do you be see the, the upside?
2: One? Do you think, do you think the upside case is still there for Sutton? Top 12 yes, upside? I do.
1: Um, Maybe I, I don't I don't think so because the top twelve upside case would be that he would just dominate the target. Just, just destroy I, Judy. Yeah. Well yeah. And I think that it looks like what's gonna happen is it's gonna be much more of an even split, which is what I was right. gonna say. Like later in the offseason, uh we had talked about how like maybe people should be higher on Judy because like it seems like 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 the community had just decided that it's like definitively gonna gonna be one guy when like I think it was probably closer than we all thought. And yeah. I was a and I was a sudden guy all off season. So like mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that like the like the big mega upside case was always that Sutton would just be the the guy, yeah. right? Right. And even though um, I had Sutton as a just, darling, like that's gonna happen.
0: yeah, even though I had him as a darling, I always wanted to maintain that you should draft both of these guys or
2: either or because I do and the, not,
0: both of them are going to be very good.
2: The dynasty community was crazy too because at, at at one point, uh, for the majority of the off season, honestly, Sutton overtook Judy and then just like kept like.
1: putting distance
2: between them like it was everyone just decided that was
1: going to be sudden
2: it was crazy it was so weird because judy's got three like three years younger you would typically see the younger guy maintain at least a close value
1: i still do i still look at waddle and hill
2: look at waddle and
1: hill i think that it's possible that like the bigger games are going to come from Sutton um yeah i I think he's gonna be in line for some huge games yeah and like he got a couple red zone targets as well i believe so he
2: had a couple uh, in uh, the end zone yeah yeah Yeah. he'll he'll have some big games but you you got to be happy with either one of them i think sutton will have bigger games and judy already showed that he can i mean you check a box man if you're capable of housing the 67 yard touchdown or russell wilson offense you check a box yeah he's fast yeah they both
0: are for sure uh but we should wrap things up yep um man A lot of heartbreak this week but you know i'm just good to have football back there was a lot of fun as well um and we're just gonna keep coming back to you every week at least two episodes a week here we should do uh, it while
1: it's hot man because it's like if all yeah. of our uh, like my guys continue to do this poorly, we might like shut <laughs> the whole thing down by a week three. Yeah, we might just done. be done. Nix, you know it. what?
0: We're gonna record our next episode Friday. But if Mike Williams comes out and catches one pass for ten yards, we're not recording. We're done. We're gonna be recording live from the Golden
1: Gate Bridge if this, yeah. thing, if, this thing, if this thing continues <laughs> live, to go downhill.
2: Live streaming here from the Golden Gate Bridge. Just want you guys to know. I really did think he'd have a good year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. But make sure to like, and subscribe, you know, give us your takeaways for week one, you know, follow us, get on our discord, follow us on Spotify and uh, Apple podcasts as well. Fridays we're, we've talked about it. We're going to do more of like a Q and a thing. We're going to source some people on the internet, get some questions to answer before the week, instead of just doing like a generic start sit show, because everyone knows, you know, a lot of people do that in the fantasy space. Just it's kind boring of boring no- to do. Yeah, it's we boring to, to do. do I it. mean, <laughs> you can use like a start-sit calculator to do that if you need. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah,
1: Just look at what your platform says. They'll do a better job than it's, we will.
0: Just in general, it'd be better if we could help you out with like trade advice or just team building advice, you know, trends to look for guys to pick up off of waivers, that sort of thing where I think we could help you out more on it. Um, But until next time, we'll see you guys. Peace. See you guys. See you.